0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dan Nguyen, and I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, she is the owner of Loyalty Processing, and she helps business owners uh, reduce their fees, their fears, and frustrations of accepting credit card payments. Uh, she can re- usually reduce your fees um, from 8 to 30% by putting them on a uh, Interchange Plus program and uh, helps with all the switching makes it painless. Uh, make sure you get the right terminal gateway in the easiest way. Uh, she actually gives out her phone cell phone number, so you don't have to wait for long customer service uh, when you need tech support or statement support. Um, I'd like to introduce to you Barbara Cunningham with Loyalty Processing. Thank you, Barbara.
1: Oh, thanks, Dan, for having me on.
0: Sure. Um, we actually met through Matt Browning's program. Uh-huh. And through his Pinnacle Partners, uh, we got to know each other through the Pinnacle Partners program as well. And I remember he asked you to uh, talk about your business. And that's always kind of stuck with me because as especially as we go all virtual, all remote, um, the ability to accept credit cards and checks is probably more important than ever. And a lot of my um, uh, a lot of my clients and listeners um, are now have to have to go to, to virtual or contactless, even contactless payments in person. So I wanted to bring someone on, uh, like an expert as yourself, to talk about, you know, there's a lot of, um, lots of uh, things in the credit card industry that the normal business owner might not know. So I wanted to have you come along, share your expertise, um, and share some tips about, you know, someone's looking to either start or switch what what are the maybe top three things you know but before i get there uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the credit card industry
1: sure so um i grew up on the east coast in the new york new jersey area and um i went to fit which is the fashion institute of technology and so i spent my first 25 years in the clothing business Um, and as Stores went out of business and it became harder and harder to make money. I said I just have to move on and Find something new to do and I had no idea that this industry industry really even existed but one one year I raised over two million dollars for make-a-wish foundation and the LA Times wrote an article about me on how I did that and Dan Montrinus of U.S. Merchant Services read the article, and he called me and said, wow, if you can raise that kind of money, I want you to come and work for me. And that's how I got into the credit card processing industry. Um, I spent eight years with Dan, and then when he sold the company to to a leverage buyout firm, I left and started my own company, and that's loyalty processing, and we're almost eight years old.
0: Yeah. So this, this podcast is called the intentional entrepreneur. And can you tell us a, a little bit about that process? Because, you know, when you were with, with that payment processing company, obviously you probably work on commission, but there was, you know, some support back then. Right. What was it like making that, that, that transition from, you know um, from working for a company to now working for yourself?
1: So um That was a a very tough transition, because, you know, you're so afraid to step out on your own, and do you really know enough to step out on your own? But because Dan sold the company, um, there were a number of us that were all going to leave around the same time, and so we partnered together, I mean, we each own our own company, but we agreed on things like hiring one accountant and hiring one business attorney who's got all of our basic setups set up for us. So we kind of split that cost five ways because there were five of us. (laughs) And that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And I was lucky because I was the only woman in the group and all the men were younger than me. So it's sort of like they all kind of just looked up to me and let me lead the charge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And do you still uh, do business or in contact with, with the same uh, four people today?
1: I am. And okay. you know, we, we still mastermind together and we get on a call once a month and we help each other because there's enough business for everyone.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that is a fantastic mindset to, to have. I think, you know, in the personal development field, that's called the abundant mindset and the you know the and and the opposite is is the scarcity mindset where you know it's I'm gonna get mine and you know no no one's to you know no one else is gonna get it. But uh, you know, it's always refreshing to hear, especially in a very highly competitive industry, to know that uh, you know, there there is there is a plenty of business out there. It's just a matter about, you know, who's gonna get the next one. Right. 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 Okay so um you know credit cards um have obviously been around for 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 many years um, and it, someone had kind of described to me as kind of like the wild wild west <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I wanted to have you on the show um, to um, uh, to kind of dispel maybe dispel some of the myths some, maybe some insider um, uh, uh, insider secrets that you can expose. Um, how we can, um, how we can lower our rates um, and, you know, address kind of one of the pain points is like moving from a new processor to, uh, to, know, so maybe you can share your like top three uh, ideas for any new business owner who's kind of looking to um, take credit cards or looking to move to a new processor.
1: Sure. So first of all, I'm an independent rep and I work with four of the largest processors in the United States. So my loyalty is to my clients, not to any processor or to a bank. And most people that you work with in the credit card processing industry are either employed by one of the processors or by a bank. And so their loyalty is to who they get their paycheck from. So, that's one thing that's really different. So, I would say to anybody looking for a new processor, you do much better with somebody who's an independent than somebody who's tied to a bank or to a processor directly. Okay. So that would be one tip. <laughs> okay.
0: Cool. What, what, you know, I, I think uh, conceptually that, that totally makes sense. Uh, very similar to uh, maybe like insurance people, they're called you know captive, right? They they only right. work like MetLife or New York Life. Um, what are maybe some of the objections you hear from the other side? Like if I'm if if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a business owner taking credit cards and a captive person comes to me and say, hey, if I use an independent rep, um, you know they can basically shop my business around and they're loyal to me. Why why shouldn't I why shouldn't I use them?
1: Well, so, you know, the banks and the processors are going to use things like giving you free equipment Mm -hmm. and things like that, that the big guys can pay for that sometimes a smaller independent can't. Um, We're in a very good position with uh, a number of the people that we work with where we can match that kind of free equipment. Um, So that might be one reason that you would go to somebody like a bank or a processor, Mm because you need expensive equipment and you don't want to have to lay that money out. Um, so not every independent rep is going to be able to help you with that. Um, mm. We are able to help most of our clients with that. And if we couldn't help them with the whole price, we can usually split it 50,
0: mm, okay. 50. Um,
1: the other nice thing about us being independent is when every april and every october visa and mastercard kind of look to adjust the interchange rates Mm -hmm. and so processors use that as a time to increase their profits and so what happens is many merchants will see their fees go up either april 1st or october 1st Mm -hmm. i own my own book of business and when the processors want to put on those type of increases they have to ask me permission and i'm allowed to say no wow (laughs) business and that's what i do i say no you're not adding extra fees to my merchants um my merchants are i own them Mm -hmm. you don't own them and you know we're not having that kind of increase and so having an agent who can do something like that is also very good. And again, if I was working for one of the big processors or a bank, I wouldn't be able to say no.
0: Mm-hmm. Do, do rates ever go down April 1st, or if anything, they stay flat?
1: Um, so interchange, the last time I saw any interchange rates go down was when the Durban Amendment came into position, mm-hmm. which was back in, oh, uh, about 2011, I think. And um, so all the rates on debit cards went down substantially, I mean, really substantially. And so since that Durban amendment is still in place, the merchants are still benefiting from that. Um, now if Congress decides to change that, then you know, those rates will go up. But it's very rare we see anything go down.
0: Yeah. I re- as far I, as
1: interchange.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I remember <laughs> when that amendment came because I was at that time I had um travel miles on my debit card. And uh-huh. I was like, this is fantastic. And then when the amendment came out, they wiped it all out. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I could appreciate it on the consumer side, but like I, I couldn't get miles using my debit card anymore. I couldn't use a credit card. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that I mean that's that's good to know that, you know, independent reps have um have some can have some bargaining power so that rates uh you know can can at least stay stay the same um year year after year so what what's the next thing we should know about you know uh about the credit card industry
1: so if a merchant is on a flat rate plan mm-hmm. or a tiered pricing plan, they're not getting the best rates mm. okay, so if you're with somebody like square That's a flat rate plan or Stripe. Um, And they have to account for the fact that they're going to get some business cards. So they're bundling the rate and it's going to be a little bit higher. Now, if you do a very low volume because Stripe and square are pay as you go, then until you're doing a solid two to $3,000 every month, I would tell you they are the best option for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And oh.
1: I would tell you to stay put. That's where you want to be. You have to be doing a little higher volume to come to somebody like me because we have some fixed monthly costs. Mm. We're not a pay-as-you-go.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Okay? Yeah.
1: Um, and then the other thing is if you look at your statement and you see just two or three different, you see numbers like um, 3.30... Uh, 2.80 and 2.40, you just see three or four percentage rates. That means you're on tiered pricing. Hmm. It's also not the best pricing plan. We put everybody on Interchange Plus, which is what Macy's and Costco and all the big boys have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and we give that to every merchant. It's a little more complicated to understand it, but you don't really have to worry about understanding it. We watch it for you. And we send you quarterly reports to to show you that we're keeping an eye on you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know in my industry, there's there's some special rules on where money goes, but a lot of the um, law firms centric um, processors offer offer this flat rate. And I know um, I was talking to some colleagues, um, like they they basically calculate the effective rate, mm-hmm. you know, of what they're paying and and it's actually about a percent higher than what is advertised you know cuz there's always business cards and all these additional fees that are, are 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 associated with it um but uh i mean thank thank you for sharing cuz i think we all want to pay less less fees less overhead in in our business and um um uh, you you did mention you know square and, and flat rate and I I, re, I remember your your presentation, um, and I like I like how you were very um, open and honest about it. It's like hey, if you're just starting out, just stick with those. That's that's the best you're gonna get right now. It's not worth it for you to uh, to move up to the next tier. And I think you just mentioned about maybe about two or three thousand dollars per month then these business owners should start thinking about talking to someone like you. Correct. Right. Correct. Very good.
1: That's when it starts to make sense. Um, okay. And if somebody talks to me, I'm very honest. Mm-hmm. If if I'm not the best solution for you, I will tell you that I am not the best solution and I'll tell you who is. <laughs> okay. So I,
0: I, I if you can ballpark how how, how many clients you know, maybe out of ten, do you actually reject because or refer out because they're not, you know, they're not a right fit? Uh, maybe there's a better fit somewhere else. Um,
1: um, maybe two or three of them. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I think it's important to right work with the right person um, uh, to adjust your needs at, at, at your at your particular level, so you can get the best service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what's another thing that you know, someone or a business owner might need to know about, uh, taking credit cards.
1: So I would always say to any business owner, never hmm. sign a lease for equipment. Hmm. Never, ever, ever sign a lease for equipment. Okay. Hmm. Because they'll try to lease you a terminal, um, for $49 a month on a four year lease. So you're going to spend over $2,000 on that and the terminal is only worth about four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm shocked at the number of people that I run into, even today, that sign a lease, and there's no way to get you out of that, absolutely yeah. no way, yeah. so I just say, if you've got somebody who's hustling you and trying to get you to sign the lease, just turn around, walk away and close the door they are not doing anything that's in your best interest. They're yeah. only looking to get themselves a big chunk of money. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So would you advocate, um, would you still advocating leasing from the right party or, or buying it outright? Or I think you've mentioned before you can go 50, 50.
1: Right. So, so most companies will help you with equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're a good valid company, um, For us, you know, well, we try to provide the terminals for free, Mm -hmm. and if we can't, sometimes we might ask you to chip in a hundred
0: bucks. Okay.
1: um and that was much better than signing a lease for four years at $50 a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um and you know if somebody's smaller and they don't need to have a credit card terminal a lot of times we just put them on a gateway and so there's no outlay at all
0: oh okay okay uh-huh. when um and i know usually terminals are for people that uh, obviously retail or do a lot of pers- you know in, in business um uh how often should a business um maybe update their terminal or you know replace their terminal. obviously if it's broken you return it but exchange it but you know how, what's kind of a life cycle for for terminals generally speaking
1: terminals basically are a three to five year life cycle that's it and any merchant who hasn't had their statement reviewed in two to three years is missing the boat they're mm. they're overpaying because if they haven't had it reviewed in two or three years and they're not with somebody like me who's an independent their fees have gone up and they've crept up ever so slowly that you didn't notice it but over the course of that time they added on this little penny here and a little penny there and a couple more basis points here and you know and though it'll it's crept up believe me um so you know, you should have a review done every two to three years, and especially if your volume spikes.
0: Right. So spe- speaking of reviews, I think it's, it's um, always, you know, if it's time to change to a new processor, you know, you talk about, I think a lot of businesses don't want to change because it's a real pain in the butt. Tell me some of the things that you do for your clients to make that process um, as smooth and painless as possible.
1: Right, so um, we both know Craig Deswal, and Mm -hmm. he, for a long time, said, "No, I'm not going to change because it's just too painful." He he'll stand on stage now and say it was the easiest thing he ever did. (laughs) We made it so simple that he didn't he didn't even have to think about it. One, he had to sign his name three times on our paperwork, and basically, we held his hand through everything else, Mm -hmm. including having somebody go into his backend and update all of his software. Wow. Um, so we make it super super easy for our clients. We check on you every step of the way. We make sure your money's getting into your new into your bank account. We help you close the old merchant account. We are full service. We, mm. And we hold your hand the whole way. Yeah. So we don't leave anybody out there not knowing what they're doing. Um, (laughs) and if you have employees and they need training, uh, for one of my larger clients, I had to train over 120 employees and, you know, we had about 12 or 15 online sessions where I trained them in small groups and then everybody was up to speed.
0: Right. So Speaking, (laughs) I know you have, you have a wide range of clients. Your, your biggest client, uh, the last time I talked to you was a very large apparel e-com company. Um, but, um, if you could, what's your sweet spot? Like, you know, this type of client I can do all day long and this is the most, this is the type of client I enjoy working the most with.
1: So I love B2B businesses, um, because I can usually go in and save them a tremendous amount of money because they're not getting the special benefits of level two and level three pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can hook them up to that so that there's no extra work for them, but they get better interchange rates. Um, so I love working with them. And if they do over a million in sales volume, that's a perfect client for mm. me.
0: Great, great. A million
1: in annual sales.
0: Right, right, fantastic. Right. Okay, so um, if if there is one more thing you can share that you can uncover about uh, about the, you know, what you do for your clients, what, what would it be?
1: Well, so one of the biggest frustrations we hear people talk about is you call into the help desk and you get some person who's, you can barely understand on the phone, <laughs> who's reading the script to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you've, you've been on hold for 15 minutes. So we make that really easy. We give you our cell phone numbers A lot of the terminals or gateways that I can troubleshoot myself because I've been in the business 16 years. If I can't, I say to you, hang up, I'll get the help desk on the phone and we'll call you back and conference you in when I have them. Um, So we don't waste your time. If we have any brick and mortar stores, we leave a backup terminal at at the store with them. So when you have that problem and you can't do the transaction, you just go get your Backup terminal and you plug that in. Hmm. Um, so it's we make it super simple for our clients so that there's just no hassle and no frustration and they don't miss a sale
0: because yeah. that's
1: a, that's the name of the game. You don't want to miss a sale if you've got a customer standing in front of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember um, I was getting my hair cut and um, the the internet company came out because they had to do some repairs, so the internet went down. And so the, the, the stylist couldn't process initially couldn't process it because it was kind of internet, but, right. but, you know, not totally the same thing, but, you know, I think it goes to the, to the idea that, yeah, you you need to be able to process payments anytime, you know, that you got a customer because you could be losing that customer. Fortunately for her, she could turn, you know, she turned on the hotspot on her phone and was, was able to get it. But uh, certainly, you know, you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to, uh, have a delayed payment or, or, or miss a customer that way. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, dude, I, I've learned so much. Uh, you know, even though we've talked before and you shared so much before about the credit card industry. Um, so, right now, um, we're going to kind of go into the rapid fire uh, question section. And so, just answer the um, first thing that comes to your head. All right, you ready? Sure. All right. Um, who do you look up to?
1: Eleanor Roosevelt. She okay. was just one of my favorite people
0: um the best business book you've ever read
1: Og Mandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World I've, even though I've read things that have been written much more recently that book still just really resonates with me
0: um the best business advice you've ever received
1: so the best business advice i've ever received is to Handle yourself, use your head, but to handle others, use your heart.
0: Oh, wow. Very and that's amazing. a quote
1: from Eleanor Roosevelt. It's one of my favorites.
0: Okay. Um, if you could do one thing over again, what would it be?
1: I would have gotten out of the garment industry sooner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and um, uh, and finally, um, you lose everything. The only thing you have is your computer, your cell phone, and your laptop. How do you rebuild your business in 30 days?
1: Wow. With a, you just create a plan, a strategy of how many calls to make a day and what you need and you stick to
0: it. <laughs> okay. And then actually final question. Um, and what's, what's your biggest challenge in your business today?
1: Well, it's always a challenge to find new clients and get them to come on board um we get a lot of referrals needless to say but we also do a lot of cold calling still and you know it still works you you find companies that you're able to target yeah. that you that I know something about and uh we can usually help them save a lot
0: yeah kind of on that route sorry to to kind of extend this a little more i think you know you talk about cold calling you know, there's a lot of um, credit card processing and agents out there. How are you able to kind of get past the gatekeepers? You know, I don't know if I want to say, you know, credit card processors are, are dime a dozen, but there are a lot of them, and, you know, they're calling a lot of businesses. How are you able to kind of get to that next level and able to, you know, sign your clients and retain your clients?
1: So... um we focus on certain niches and in the niches that we like to focus on we have the biggest names in those industries mm. so like in the wholesale flower business we have misty flowers we have cam floor and we have h m everybody in that industry knows one of those three guys and maybe knows all three of them so we go out we get the biggest name we can find in and we secure them as our customer, and then we say, "Well, if they trust us, you can trust us <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's that's that, that's so, totally social proof uh, you know uh, and you know other people trust you, and you know certainly you can you can trust that all right, thank you very much, uh, Barbara. Uh, if we want to learn more about you and your company, where can we go
1: so you can go to my website loyaltyprocessing.com, mm-hmm. And while you're on the website there, you'll see a little box. You can click it and you'll get our five surefire signs that your credit card processor is ripping you off.
0: Mm. Okay. So
1: one page document that'll give you all the clues to look for on your statement.
0: Okay. We'll put, we'll put that link in the show notes and, and how you can get the, that, uh, that, that cool download. Um, Thank you again, uh, Barbara, for spending your afternoon with us. It's been very informative. And um, uh, again, thank you for your time. And we'll talk again soon.
1: Terrific. Thanks for your time, Dan. I enjoyed it.
0: Bye-bye. My pleasure.